Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 91, Thursday, September 10th, 2020, and today is the day, baby! The NFL is back, and we have a rare sports equinox today, ladies and gentlemen, for just the 20th day in recorded history. We have a game in all four major U.S. sports leagues today, the NFL, NBA, NHL, and MLB. And we have a few more sports equinoxes to come over the next few weeks in this most glorious of times. Speaking of glorious times, legal sports betting in Illinois is flourishing. This is the moment we have all been waiting for. Like, literally, when I started this podcast two years ago, I had this very moment in mind. The dawn of an NFL season, multiple legal outs in my home state where I can get down, people buzzing everywhere about sports betting and and everything going on in the space, college football teams signing deals with sports books. Yes, that's right. The Colorado Buffaloes signed a deal with PointsBet in Colorado earlier this week and a major deal. It's funny to think that less than three years ago, the oral arguments were about to take place in the Supreme Court for the PASPA case, and the NCAA was one of the main listed, the NCAA was the, the main listed party against um, Governor um, Murphy in New Jersey in the case. So it's just funny how far things have come and how far they're going to go from here. And speaking of points bet, their launch in Illinois is imminent, people. They, uh, they just tweeted something out yesterday that makes me think that it'll be any moment now. Surely by next week, points bet should be up and running here in the state. So make sure you sign up there when they do. And before I get into the podcast, which is going to be all NFL today, or almost all NFL because I have a couple of quick college football thoughts, a quick PSA to all of my Doggy Juice Pod listeners out there. Now is your time. If you have the liquidity, there's no excuse. Sign up for every book and take full advantage of their promotions. And I'm not just talking about the sign-up deposit promotions. I'm talking about the daily promotions that these guys are offering. Like like DraftKings, for example, they're offering a 33% odds boost on live betting and any bet that you make live during the game with a max bet of $50. Even if you're just flipping coins, this is plus EV. You can shift the odds from... Minus 110 to plus 120 real quick on those. And I promise if you flip a coin long enough where you're getting a plus 120 edge, you're going to net out like a prince in the long run. So take full advantage of these right now uh, during this glory period, the golden days, because these new books, they're, uh, they're clamoring for your action. They want you to bet with them for the next few, not just months and, and, uh, and years, but decades to come. They're willing to take a big loss right now in the short term to do so. So just a quick reminder that Bet Rivers, as of right now, it's Bet Rivers, FanDuel, and DraftKings. Those are, those are the online books here in Illinois. You can hit up William Hill in person if you're nearby Elgin at the Grand Victoria. But points bet is coming. Uh, with Hawthorne Park, but you're going to be able to register from your couch up until at least September 19th. And then Barstool's book is going to be coming as well. They're, they're a Canby book, remember that, so they're not going to have any lines that are different than what you're seeing from Bet Rivers and, and DraftKings for the most part. But a host of others, including BetMGM and a bunch of others, are on their way soon. So it's an exciting time, no doubt about it. Yesterday I had the pleasure of going on Sam Panianovich's show, uh, Chicken Dinner, to talk about these legal developments and also dish out some NFL plays. I highly recommend you go check that out and also subscribe to Sam's podcast. For all of you who remember, Sam came on the show almost a year ago. I think about 10 months ago, he came in October, November of last year. 
And we actually talked about on that show, we kind of gave our over-under on when we thought sports betting was going to launch finally in Illinois, because the, the bill had been passed at that point. It was passed uh, June 2nd of 2019, was when it was officially passed, and it was signed at the end of the month by Pritzker. But we were talking it over, Sam and I, on the podcast, and he threw out April 1st as a good over-under, and, and uh, it was close. It ended up launching on March 9th, so about three weeks off there. And Sam's a former VEASAN host. He's um, he's one of the most well-connected guys in the industry, and his daily show, Chicken Dinner, should absolutely be part of your rotation, especially if you're in Chicago because he's in a Chicago twist to it. He's building big things over there. He's, he's doing the Kelly and Murray podcast with Kelly Stewart and, and obviously John Murray over at the Westgate. Um, big things over there. So um, I look forward to going on that show again. And you can listen to his interview with me from yesterday on Twitter. I linked it there. And be sure to follow uh, that podcast on Twitter at Chicken X Dinner. So, yes, this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod is all about the NFL season, which kicks off tonight. So I'm going to be, um, I'm going to celebrate uh, doing that by by doing a quick betting analysis on on all 32 teams, just to give you a nugget or two that will hopefully get you thinking about that team in a new way or in a way that you haven't considered yet before the season starts. I'm going to share what the market's thinking in terms of over-under and the season win total on that team, and then, of course, I'll offer my my leans and my best bets on the team in some instances. Uh, it's going to be exciting, but I'll move through each team. I'll, I'll go through the NFC division by division first before doing the same with the AFC. And in the middle of that, I have a special treat for all of you. The Doggy Juice Pod's very own The Danimal makes his triumphant return to the pod. Uh, it's been a few months since you've all heard his voice, so he has a few NFL Week 1 picks for you as well. And of course, I'll conclude the pod today with my look at NFL Week 1, and I'll give you my best bets for the weekend. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen. But before we dive into the NFL, just a couple quick thoughts on college football so far. We had our first weekend of games. Uh, for real games last week, and it was uh, it was fun, man. It was, it was just good having it back, even though it's obviously looking a lot different this time around. But big takeaway so far is that for in-play wagering, these games start, they're tending to stay the same right now after they start early on. So you're, you saw that in spades with Army and with BYU. You know, Army takes a big or an early lead and never look back. BYU the same. You punch them in the mouth with the run game and never look back. So you're seeing these teams with prolific run games and you know maybe the, the other team wasn't able to properly prep for it or it wasn't ready for it, and they're just pouring it on, and, and you're seeing more of the same. So if you're one of those guys who's you know has a position, you should never be blindly middling games ever because that's negative EV. But if you're the type of guy who's taking a team and then you know they score up a couple touchdowns, you're looking to play back the other side for a nice middle. I'd especially be looking to shy away from doing that right now just because you're seeing at least just early returns, and obviously the sample size is just way too small. But um, in the age of COVID right now, things are obviously different. So I, I would definitely be shying away from that, and I would be uh, – we're seeing a lot more of the same early on. But that's just that's just early on. And um, in terms of Army, I was on them last week. And shout-out to Brad Powers who went on Sam's show uh, the week or last week as well. And he gave out some information on UL Monroe, Army's opponent this weekend, on the COVID information. And and he said, you know, he hopes that uh, he's looking forward to laying the points with Army this week. But sure enough, Army won the game 42 to nothing, and the public's all over them now. I still did. I, I hit Army big at minus 17 when that line opened. I maxed it. Um, and uh, now that's moved to 21 against UL Monroe, no no edge at all on my stuff. And 
it's it's nice having a four point middle from 17 to 21 too, with a few key numbers in there obviously uh, but it's just an example right now you can get ahead of the market and, and really hammer these teams early at the openers because people do remember what they saw last and uh, and also I think people are starting to really figure out now the, the actual issues with UL Monroe that Brad touched on in uh, in Sam's podcast last week but we got more games this week in college football, and there's even more to come. The SEC starting later in the month, and, and the big boys are really starting to take off, so uh, it's going to be exciting. But we can put that aside for now because we have an exciting NFL season that's about to start today. And before I dive into the team-by-team breakdowns, here are a few of my big-picture points for the NFL to set the stage. Basically, this offseason, according to my numbers, and after adjusting for player personnel changes, it's pretty damn evident that the rich got richer and the poor got poorer. This offseason, the Jaguars are uh, rated lower on my ratings than any team coming into a season since I started making power ratings. And that we could see that play out in the season, just the, the teams that are better dominating the teams that are lower, just more of a chasm, so to speak, between the rich and the poor. Um, the notion of NFL home field advantage with COVID travel, I think makes a lot of sense. And home field advantage, I've talked about this before, people mistake that for just crowd noise and the crowd being there. But that's just one aspect of it. You got to travel, get out of your comfort zone, stay in a hotel bed. You're not going through your normal morning routines. There's a lot of unfamiliarity. You know, you have to, you're going to restaurants you're not used to. and So there's a lot of reasons why Home field advantage is worth three points. It's not just fans, or typically three points. And data has shown, obviously, the past few years that uh, the, the home field in the NFL is actually not worth a full three points. And it's, it's different team by team as well. Some teams have more, some teams have less. But COVID travel is an aspect, and even without fans around, COVID travel is an aspect that you should be considering. It. And basically my default right now is I'm, I'm splitting the difference. I'm actually even sp- splitting the difference a little more and more like, uh, 1.5 points is my typical home field right now, give or take, with teams. So it's slightly, even though you'd think three, I was under three typically to begin with. So it's slightly over 50% still. But the notion with COVID travel, and I heard uh, U.S. Integrity's Matt Holt make a great point about this uh, this week on a podcast saying that, you know, with travel and COVID, maybe guys, you know, these athletes can't sleep or get as much rest on flights that they'd normally get. That's a good point because they have to wear the masks. Uh, maybe they can't go to their favorite restaurant or their favorite gym in town anymore when they're going to play on the road. All these added stressors of traveling right now. I mean, it's, if you've traveled on a, on a plane the past few months, obviously it's just a way different setup than what you're used to. So um, there's also the notion of less continuity right now in COVID with, with new coaches and, and new players and new quarterbacks and new homes. And they've had less time to, to prep, obviously, less contact and practice during COVID, no preseason, which is a huge thing. And the Vikings stick out here big time. They've had less practice, less contact, and, and no preseason action. And, and the Vikings, they've had so much turnover this year, and I'll touch on them later. Um, so it's, it's just interesting. And, and I think that this could lead us to a situation with no preseason action where it could be better for the overs. Usually unders are the way I like to look. Um, just by default of the way I end up looking based off the numbers at the start of a season. But right now, we could see that, obviously, um, rust in, in the offenses, but defenses are going to be gassed early, and especially later in games. This could set up for some nice live overbetting action um, in week one and even week two early on in the season. So um, 
there's there is offensive continuity. I'm especially looking to do that in teams with offensive continuity, but no defensive continuity. If you can get a matchup where there's two teams, and what that applies to, that really is a home run. So, just something to consider. And without further ado, let's dive in to our team by team breakdown for the 2020 NFL season. Starting with the NFC East, and I'm going to try and do these as quick as I can. Some teams will be longer than others, but I'm going to try and really keep it under a minute on each team so we can be fast here. But starting with the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys sitting at around 10 on their season win total. I'm also seeing nine and a half at minus 170. This is an important time to remind you that as a general rule of thumb, this is really important actually, as a general rule, each half win is worth about 50 cents in an NFL regular season win total. Of course, books will try and charge you more than that, but that's around the true price. Contrast that with college football, where each half win is roughly around 80 cents, 70, 80, 90 cents. Um, just because there's less games in the schedule, obviously. They're playing a shorter schedule. That's the main reason why. And also, just a quick note, alt-season win totals. It's a great subject. I know Drew Dinsick, a.k.a. Whale Capper, he's been all over this the past couple of years, but if you're finding that, you know, with that 50-cent pricing in mind, you can really find some nice value in alt-season win total markets, um, and and that's that's a good way to look, especially if you can get those plus... The only way really to do it, especially if you're tying up the money for this, you know, for four or five months, which is another separate issue entirely, but if you're looking to do that, it's much better to to obviously lay less and, and take stuff at plus money with, uh, with the same plus EV or even better plus EV. So um, that's something to keep in mind as well. But in terms of the Cowboys, this one's at 10. I was part of the move. I did bet they're over at 9.5 back when it was – I got it at minus 125 many moons ago. This team was an analytic starling last year. They led the league in yards per play, 6.5 in yards per play. The Chiefs were next at 6.2. That's a pretty wide gap. Um, McCarthy's coming in to coach. He's the new head coach. Apparently, he hired an analytics team, which is interesting. If only he hired that at the start of his run with the Packers, they probably would have had more than one Super Bowl to show for it. You know, you're the best quarterback of our generation, and you only have one Super Bowl to show for it. It's like that's just an indictment on McCarthy. But now he's in to run this Cowboys team and and this high-powered offense. I'm expecting a huge year out of Dak in this offense. They have the, maybe the best wide receiver, uh, or one of the best wide receiver groups in, in the um, in the league. Obviously, they have Zeke, strong offensive line, and I think that they could be legitimate Super Bowl contenders. There are some injury issues lately, but big picture-wise, uh, the, the Cowboys are a team that can contend, and I expect to be a factor in the NF, NFC playoffs this year. The Philadelphia Eagles over under nine and a half, and you're starting to see a little bit more juice now on the under in that one. Cluster injuries everywhere for this team where are all their skill position guys right now they're all banged up Uh, they have two players that are out from the offensive line and they could be in for a surprise in week one against Washington while the schedule it's it's still pretty easy schedule asking this team to win 10 games is really tough looking at my stuff so hell man under nine and a half wins for one unit shop around for the best price because sharps have been hitting this uh, the past few days, I'm seeing those minus 150s out there right now, but uh, do find it at minus 130 or better. I could, I, it's, they're still out there. If you're listening to this, uh, one unit on the Eagles under nine and a half. <laughs> the New York Football Giants over under is at six and a half. This team's been impacted big time by COVID. I touched on this last week, but Beal, one of their projected starting corners, opted out. And which is really tough for an already thin secondary. Obviously, Nate Soldier, he was a cancer survivor. He's a kid who, I guess, had cancer issues, so I can't fault him for opting out. 
uh, rookies. They're going to be starting on the offensive line. And also, this team was really healthy last year on defense. They were top five in terms of health health metrics, but they ranked 31st against the pass against one of the easiest schedules. So that's secondary now with one of the tougher schedules for an NFL defense this year. It's the fifth biggest increase in schedule of opposing quarterbacks, according to Warren Sharp, year over year. It actually looks like that this could be a worse defensive unit this time around, too. With that and the tougher schedule, it's really hard to get behind this team. I mean, offensively, they can, they can make some noise, but uh, the defense is going to be an issue. I'm on the under 6.5 with a little bit of extra juice. Now it's at minus 160. I, I bet this a couple months ago. Uh, pretty much, I think I got a minus, I looked up minus 115. Uh, so now it's the value's been sucked away, I think. I, I wouldn't touch it now, but uh, that, that's the way I'm leaning on them. The Washington football team over-under is 5.5, slight juice to the under. This team was number 30 last year in offensive efficiency, and they should look better this year. With I mean, They have a new coach in there, obviously. Schedule of opposing defenses is 12th easiest. They have one of the toughest ones last year, so you know one of the, the top half of easiest schedules. Um, and I think that Dwayne Haskins, I mean, talk about by low, not saying the guy's going to be a world beater this year, but they got Scott Turner in there and look what he did with Cam back in 2015. And I think the play, you know, Warren Sharp's been all over this. The play calling should help his floor, uh, Dwayne Haskins with, with Turner in there and the ceiling should be improved as well. So I'm leaning over on that five and a half wins. There isn't enough value to bet it. However, this could be a nice play on team in the markets this year. Moving on to the NFC North. The NFC North is a very interesting division on my numbers, and I know they are in Aaron Schatz's numbers from Football Outsiders. Um, each team, according to him, comes out as the division winner at least 23% of the time in his projections. And I'm not too far off on my stuff, too, hence the value on a certain team in this division, which I'm going to get to last. But starting with the Vikings, their over-under is 9 uh, the under is minus 125 right now. you got to lay a little extra juice. Um, I've touched on the last week I talked about this. There's lots of players gone from this team. They've had a lot of salary cap issues that they've had to deal with. They had to cut bait with players just out of necessity. And I think they did a pretty good job for their long-term prospects doing that. But it's going to hurt them this year, especially with COVID and, and so much less, obviously, time to prepare and, and, assim- and, and acclimate and assimilate to one another. And uh, they had a huge draft. I mean, they, they had so many losses, too. 14 to 15 draft picks, I think, is what it was. And these guys haven't had time to mesh properly, playing preseason games with all those roster change, uh, changes. Um, tenth in efficiency last year. And obviously their offensive coordinator is is gone. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Browns later, but um, with Stefanski gone, I mean, there's going to be continuity because the head coaching staff's still there, and, and Zimmer is a great coach. He's one of my favorite head coaches in the league. Um, Kubiak stuff's still going to be there on offense, so there there is going to be continuity. But Stephon Diggs is gone. They have an increased, uh, they, they have a harder strength of schedule. Last year, they actually played the number five easiest um, schedule of pass defenses last year, and they were not as efficient, according to Warren Sharp here, they were not as efficient on early downs last year as you would think defensively they lost a lot of players to last year and you saw you know they this team was predicated on its defense the past few years but when you look at that defense down the stretch last year you saw a lot of holes and it's it's just a spot where I don't know it's 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 almost like they're going to be more predictable this year with that defense maybe being a little more 
Um, the, the stage is set for this team to be more predictable this year. We'll put it that way. With a weaker defense, more predictability on offense, they're going to be forced to throw the ball more, which is just not going to be good for Kirk Cousins. So I think that this team has a wider range of potential outcomes. I think this is a great team to look in the alt-season win total markets under at a plus price, but even under nine itself, I've, I've bet the under nine on, on the Vikings, nothing big. But um, it's just I, I've been on their bandwagon relative to the market the past few years, the Vikings. But this year, um, I'm off them preseason. <laughs> Green Bay Packers over under nine. The under is at minus 155 now. I've seen the over at plus 125 on the take back. And I know there's been a lot of hate here on the Packers for me lately. But the Vultures really have chipped away on this one, myself included. And there's literally no more value left if you're looking to bet the under. Under 9.5 was fine, under 9 at normal juice. But now we're in pretty outrageous territory with with the with all the market hate on these guys. And it makes sense. I mean, I've talked about it. The reasons why I bet they're under when it was at 9 with normal juice is the Packers, they were outgained by their opposition last year. Just net-net yards per play. <laughs> this, I mean, you saw how many wins they had. And they were actually... Net negative yards per play, which is really telling. Yards per play is probably the most important stat. If I had to pick one NFL stat to look at every week, it would be teams' yards per play, especially in the first half. But um, they're 8-1 and one in games decided by a touchdown or less, and that's technically 8 points or less. They're plus 12 in turnovers. Aaron Rodgers, he's obviously getting older. But this team, last year, they they uh, they had an easier schedule. So um, it's, it's going to be tough sledding. I, I really do. It's hard for me to get behind the Packers here. I think the market has completely eaten it up all the all the value that was there the small value and if anything it's starting to move the other way now the pendulum's starting to shift on this on this team so even though i'm not a big fan of lafleur what he's doing i think especially this off i mean long term what the hell were they doing this offseason there's a lot of reasons not to like this team but basically when you look at it it's the same team as last year besides losing belaga from the offensive line with fellow hawkeye um it's it's not that much different this year and this team obviously was right there in the NFC playoffs at the end last year. So even accounting for the regression that will come and should surely be there, you know, I, I still think that this team could end up, you know, with nine and nine, nine and nine season. I, my numbers have them slightly under nine, but it's, you know, I think it's, um, which is why I bet the nine, obviously, but, but I think they're, they're priced pretty properly now. The Chicago Bears. There has been some money on that under because it's now under eight with juice on the under. And honestly, I'm actually leaning over at the current number, but no futures bets for me on the Bears. And and last year, we were all over fading the Bears here on the Doggy Juice podcast, and that worked out quite well. But the pendulum's kind of shifting now. People realize Trubisky ain't MVP Mitch anymore. And they brought in Foles, obviously, in the offseason. And this team, just from an analytics standpoint, I mean, they were extremely weak relative to other teams in, in net yards per play, minus 0.4. They finished 25th in that last year. They're 4.7 yards per play on offense, 5.1 uh, yards per play on defense. And obviously, when you look into the context of of the of those yards per play numbers, three of those games, I mean, two of them were against backup line quarterbacks, Jeff Driscoll and, and David Blow. And week 17, the Vikings basically didn't give a shit about that game, so the Bears had a, a walkover in that one too. So the numbers are a bit skewed, and they're, they're not even looking that good for the Bears anyway. So um, I just can't get past that 4.7 yards per play last year. It was second worst in the league. The schedule is a lot easier this year, so that's why it's more favorable when, when looking at the numbers and everything. But it's really hard to, to get behind this team, and, and uh, I hope that the Bears can figure it out as a Chicagoan and a Bears fan. But, uh, yeah, pretty much looks – Line, lined properly, and I expect a 7-9, 8-8 year from the Bears. 
the Detroit Lions. This is one of my biggest preseason plays across the board, and I was all over their season win total when it was at six and a half, and I was part of that move. Now it's at seven, and I'm even starting to see um, uh, the juice start to trickle up. I like it at seven. I really do, even though the juice is starting to trickle up, and that's taking the value away quick. But they are the analytics darling this year, and for good reason. I've talked about them in, in recent podcasts. I talked about them on, on Sam's show yesterday. But this offseason, they addressed their needs. When their biggest needs, it was the secondary. They had a few needs, but secondary was probably the biggest one. They got a $50 million new tackle to protect Stafford, the offensive line. Uh, they've got nice group of running backs. Obviously, they brought in Adrian Peterson, although Swift is banged up right now. Um, but just the main point is Stafford's back and he's healthy. And when you look at his stats last year, he played the first eight games of the year. He had a 8.6 yards per attempt. His QBR was over 70. And when you look at his yards and, and his touchdowns and his interceptions and, and spread those out over the course of the whole season, if you extrapolate it out, he would have finished the year with 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. That's like MVP consideration right there with Stafford. And he was playing with distractions last year too with everything going on. And and now he's back, and this team's improved. They've shored up uh, the offensive line, like I said. And, and um, we have to remember, like, the last eight games last year were with Driscoll and David Blau. And and the other thing you have to remember is some of those games are really tight down the stretch. I heard someone say if they just won half those, and they, they lost these bad variants, but if you take some of those close games down the stretch and, and they won half those, then – you're looking at a six and uh, sorry six win team last year, and that's just one short. And that's without Stafford for half the year, and so I think you can get to seven. Then adding Stafford and a better team this time around, I have to acknowledge the fact that they're getting a lot of market love, especially lately. You're seeing the value literally get sucked away. I mean, seeing it like before my very eyes right now. But still, it's a good team to bet on. I mean, I mentioned before Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders. He has no team winning the division less than 23% of the time in the NFC North. So taking, even though the numbers come down, taking the Lions at plus, you know, uh, plus 525, even 5-1 to one or better to win the division, I think is great value, and, and it's a good way to look. If Stafford stays healthy, this team could definitely contend for the division crown. <laughs> Moving on to the NFC South, the Saints over under 10.5. The overs at minus 125. The big story you're hearing right now is their lack of success early on in the year. The past few years could be a systemic thing with um, with Sean Payton and company, but I believe it's too intense straight up and against the spread in their first two weeks um, to start the year. They're, out, they're on a run there. Um, Double-check that, obviously. I haven't, haven't double-checked that also. But, no. but Drew Brees is getting older, and when that happens, as we've seen with other quarterbacks, it's including Hall of Famers, Father Time's undefeated, and when they fall off the cliff, the fall is fast. So it's going to happen at some point with that team, but this team's still stacked. It's reflected in the number. They're still going to be a contender, so I'm indifferent uh, on them from a future standpoint. The Tampa Bay Bucks over under nine and a half. Now you're seeing over at minus 150 on that. So you're seeing tens pop up in some spots. We all know the story. This is your number one public team now entering the season, mainly due to Brady and Gronk coming there. I loved the Bucks last year. I cashed their season win total over at six, six and a half. We gave that on the podcast last year. I loved betting on them last year, too. 
I loved them before the Brady signing this year. So I actually have bets across the board on them from way earlier before Brady signed. Max bets at some spots at over 7.5 wins on their season win total. I got them at plus 775 to win the division. I think right now they're like plus 130. Um, and a lot of that plus 775 was at a certain out that's no longer available to American players. Um, but I, I got them 50-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, 25-1 to 1 to win the NFC. Hammered them across the board. But this move, because of Brady, I think might have gone too far. And and remember, like, this team, they're, they're very strong and stuff, but it was Jameis last year, and the, the upgrade from Jameis to Brady might not even be existent. Obviously, Brady brings a lot of intangibles and experience that you can't really quantify as much, and, and, and obviously he's excited the whole franchise and everything and, and brought some other guys there. And obviously they drafted Wurfs, my boy from Iowa, to help protect Brady. So there's a lot of reasons to like that. But the upgrade from, from Winston to Brady is very negligible, if none at all. So And you're seeing a rise in their season win total over two full games. So the market's overreacted a bit on this. I mean, I, I liked the value before Brady came, so I thought there was value. But now it's moved to the point where there's no value. If anything, I would be leaning over or under at, the, at 10 especially. And, um, and I love Bruce Arians. I love this team, and I think they're going to be a contender, but it's just frustrating on my end to see the market on them now too, so I don't think I'm going to be able to get on them to bet on them unless they start out really slow, which is possible. Obviously, a new quarterback in there. It could be tough sledding early on, especially with a tough opener against the Saints, but I might end up playing some um, under 10 back on Sunday before kickoff in their season win total, just mainly because I have that a pretty big position on over 7.5, and, a half, and that's, a, that's a pretty nice spot that I want to be in because – I do lean under the way things are shaping up, the way the market's uh, shaping up on this team. The Falcons, seven and a half, slight juice to the over. This team could be getting undervalued and flying under the radar, especially with that high-powered aerial attack. Um, Coach Quinn, he gave up his defensive play calling responsibilities, and uh, this Morris guy who's in there now, he's their defensive coordinator uh, this year after they finished on a that 6-2 and two run to close the season after their bye week. You have to remember, this team looked way different last year after their bye week, and that could be due to a systemic change. So this team's kind of flying under the radar a little bit right now. I'm indifferent on their win total number. I, I do lean over, but I'm looking to play on them uh, in the markets, and I will be on them this week if, if that line against Seattle hits three. And um, stay tuned. I do have the Falcons involved in teasers this week. The Panthers over under five and a half. Slight juice to the over. They got eight new starters on defense. They got uh, a defensive coordinator that's new to the job. I thought that they made some amazing moves long-term, and I'm definitely a long-term buyer on this organization. They've got great analytics um, great analytics department, and they're, they're clearly building for the future. But short-term, this team is uh, it's going to be in the gutter, and, and I think you should be prepared. Uh, they, they look like they're prepared to lose this year and embrace the rebuild, which, which is the move. So long-term bullish on this team, short-term bearish, although relative to the market, I'm pretty indifferent. I do think one angle you really can look at is, you know, Bridgewater is one of the most accurate quarterbacks out there, and I think he's underrated. And this offense could still make headwinds this year and be in a lot of shootouts this season. The defense, with all those rookies and all those new starters, uh, it's going to be tough sledding for them. But offensively, they could still put up points. They have great skill position players. Obviously, they have one of the best players out there in, in Christian McCaffrey in terms of fantasy football, one of the best players of all time, and one of the most dynamic offensive players in the league. So, This offense could make noise and expect them to play in a lot of shootouts this year. 
All right, moving on to the final division in the NFC, the NFC West, where last year we hit it big on the 49ers across the board. The 49ers this year, their over-unders at 10.5, and, and they were my official buy-on team and our biggest winner last year. We had over eight wins and to win the division, to make the playoffs. It's well doc- documented here on the Doggy Juice Pod. This is an important year for Garoppolo, and the reason why I'm, I'm leaning under on this team is largely it, it involves the plexiglass principle. I've learned, and the teams that improved slight, significantly in one year tend to revert back in the third year involved. So, you know, year one to year two jump, third year tend to revert back. And the 49ers made a massive jump last year. Um, remember, that we, we predicted this with them last year, but they even outperformed my wildest expectations. And, uh, and now they're just, it looks like they might be too overvalued. They're the first team in 35 years of football outsider stats to increase by 20% on both sides of the ball. Only seven other teams have improved by at least 15% on both sides of the ball. So it just shows you how crazy you know that was. And, and, and another reason is this defense. I mean, they lost to Forrest Buckner. They're replacing with a rookie. And they're having some skill position player issues right now with, with uh, health concerns. And you're seeing that reflected in the market here in week one. So I still love the 49ers. Shanahan still is my boy, my favorite coach in the NFL. And uh, But it's just right now the market's a little too high on them. I'm leaning under on the 49ers. The Seattle Seahawks, nine and a half season win total, slight juice to the over. The analytics guys know that this is a team that's criminally mismanaged by the coaching staff. Uh, Pete Carroll brings his strengths for sure as a coach, but this team just needs to throw the damn ball more on early downs and get more pre-snap motion and play action on early downs with, with Russell Wilson, and this offense could cook. But they're very unlucky in Pythag wins last year. Um, amazingly, they or sorry, they're very lucky in Pythag wins last year. They won 11 and 9 of those 11 wins were in close games. So a little lucky to get to where they were last year, uh, but they did bring Adams in at safety, which I think could be a nice spark for that defense. They got new tackles on the offensive line that they've addressed. So clearly this team's made it, you know, they're like the anti-Carolina um, Panthers in, term, in, in the sense that they clearly want to win now. They, they've made it, their intentions clear. They want to win now. So I do lean over to the Seahawks, but I'm not, I'm not going to play that. <laughs> The Rams, eight and a half under minus 140. This team lost two key linebackers. They did shore up the offensive line a little bit. That's where their focus seemed to be this offseason to protect, protect Jared Goff more. And they're still a top team in yards per play, which is, like I've said, the most important stat you can look at in the NFL. So I think this team's starting to kind of fall into the radar a little bit. I lean over getting the plus price, but not enough to value to fire away on this. But I would do so if I can find eight at a reasonable big though. And the final team in the NFC, the Arizona Cardinals, over under 7.5. I do have a bet on over 7 when the numbers first popped. Kyler uh, Kyler Murray, obviously he improved last year as the season went on. Now they bring in DeAndre Hopkins that allows Coach Kingsbury to run his four wide receiver sets more efficiently. Defense is still a big um, liability. They're in a very tough division, obviously, maybe the most difficult division there is. In the NFL, and the and the, it's just going to be tough to to see them obviously topping that division. They play a top ten difficult schedule. Offense is obviously going to be improved, and you could see a big second year leap by Murray. But um, it's it's I'm kind of indifferent. I, I at the current price at seven and a half, it's right where I think it should be. Uh, you also have to consider the fact that the injury bug uh, did destroy this team last year. So I'm expecting more efficiency coming from them, but indifferent at the futures. 
at the current price. All right, before we move on to the AFC, I have a brief, or I had a brief chat with friend of the podcast, The Danimal, this morning, and he has a few week one plays for you all. So let's cut to that. He is back, ladies and gentlemen, The Danimal. How are you doing, dude? We are back. It feels like five years since this last time I heard you open with that, so I couldn't be more excited. Dude, it's feel it's been like twenty years since you last came on this podcast. It's really only been a few months, but the way shit's been going this year, man, it's it's wild. So ha- happy to have you back. Um, you got a few plays for us today. You got I think three, and uh, they're all in the NFL. So uh, yeah, why don't you take it away with uh, with your first pick of of the week, Danimal? Thank you. Yep, nothing for tonight, unfortunately, but um, for this weekend, I'm looking at Bills minus six and a half. Looks like it's still out there. I just think the Jets stink. It's going to be low scoring, but I'm thinking 20 to 7, 21, 10 game Buffalo Bills. Um, the Cleveland Browns, I really high on Baltimore. I have a lot of Baltimore futures. I think they're probably the best team again this year, other than the Chiefs. But something about Cleveland, they have to figure it out. That's my, that's my gut feeling. That's a lot of points for a kind of rivalry game. So give me the eight or nine if it's still out there. Cardinals plus seven getting a touchdown I've heard sounds like San Fran's a little banged up again another divisional game Cardinals I not real high on them opening I've heard that Hopkins hasn't really done much with Murray but I just have to think they could keep this in a touchdown they're going to improve from last year so give me the Cardinals plus seven and the last one Seattle Atlanta over 49 it's a lot of points Seahawks defense, that's years and years gone. Um, They don't have it anymore. I think in the Dome, early in the year, this becomes a shootout with Matty Ice and Russell in the second half. So those are my four picks. I'm so happy for NFL to be back. I am low-key tired of losing in the stock market and taking options and not knowing what I'm doing. So I don't think anybody knows what they're doing in the stock market. So I'm kind of glad to get out of that a little bit and back into sports. Back to what we know, baby. Back to what we do best. Uh, no, dude, that's the Danimal four-pack of the week. Uh, you, you and I are simpatico on two of those. The I've got a little Cardinals plus seven uh, myself. Same idea, yeah, the, the 49ers injuries. And you look at the way the, the Cardinals played um, the Niners last year. They played them tight in both of their matchups. Obviously, division matchups. So taking the points there makes a lot of sense. And then the Browns. I mean, that's my best play of the week. So I'm, I'm with you on those, man. I like I like uh, those two. And and uh, makes sense your your overcall as well in the in the Atlanta Seattle game, man. So, yeah, dude, it's just good to have this shit back. You got any big plans to celebrate uh, week one, or are you just gonna be propped up in front of your sitting on the couch on Sunday? Yeah, I think um, tonight might hit a bar for some food and maybe a apartment, just beers. Um, don't worry, I'll keep the party small, coronavirus people. Um, but then Sunday, um. I'll be coming back from a golf road trip. So, yeah, probably just red zone. I need to call RCN and figure out what to do again. They'll figure out how to get to red zone and what channel it is, joke. But um, oh, that's man. my RCN Sunday is, plan. RCN's so negative EV for Chicagoans. I know you have no choice because you live in, a, in a, a larger building, right? So it's I've had nothing but problems with RCN in the past. but Yeah, so we'll figure that out. It's probably – 65 bucks and 70 bucks they just keep bumping it up but i don't think the price ever matters to anybody <laughs> they could charge me for red zone so much more than they're charging man. exactly not the same as rcm but yeah man it's i'm so pumped dude so all right dude well yeah we'll, we'll get you on uh for for some more of these spots moving forward during the season and uh looking forward to uh 
getting more winners from the Danimal. Thanks for coming on, dude. Thank you. Good luck. All right. Peace. All right. All right. All right. Thank you very much, Danimal. Moving on to the AFC and our NFL team-by-team season previews. I'm going to try and speed this up a little bit. Starting with the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills over under nine with juice to the over. I have a big bet on the Bills to win the division at 3-1 to odds uh, that were available to me from early on in the offseason, but in terms of their season win total over right now, I just lean over. This team has a lot of offensive weapons. They have depth in their skill positions now. I really like their coach. I think he's an underrated coach in McDermott. But this all rides on Josh Allen, which is the rub. And for me, I am skeptical about Josh Allen and teams. They know how to play him the right way. It's going to be hard, uh, especially for this team, to count on him. But he doesn't need to be counted on it necessarily. If they, if he could just do enough, you know, make a little bit of a of a step forward this year. Obviously, it's going to be tough downfield targets to digs if you're expecting them to connect a lot. Good luck with that because this guy's super inaccurate. But if Josh Allen can make those improvements, if he did do a lot of work over the offseason, the sky is really the limit for this team. They can easily hit double digits if he makes any sort of, uh, of, of noticed substantial improvement this year. But as things stand right now, I just lean slightly to the over. The New England Patriots over under nine. Obviously, the story here is Tom Brady leaving during the offseason. They brought in Cam Newton. Great, they're doing construction outside, so sorry, listeners. You're going to have to contend with that probably now. But, um, yeah, so I I think people are actually going to be surprised, but Cam Newton might actually be a slight upgrade over Brady, but the market is pricing it like a big drop. And the market did go up from about eight and a half, um, to nine after Cam did sign. And the Patriots, they have lost a bunch of guys who opted out due to COVID. But obviously we're talking about Belichick here. And I really think that people are going to be surprised when they see not much of a drop-off at all with Cam. Obviously the skill position players, that's still an issue. But the evidence was there with Brady that he was starting to fall off a bit the past couple of years. There's a reason why they cut bait with Brady, uh, with Belichick. And um, and I, you know, I think people might actually be a little too south on this team right now or a little too sour on this team, but I think it's lined about right where it should be. I'm really intrigued to see how they come out early on, and obviously Cam Newton to be your comeback player of the year. That's what a lot of people are expecting. Uh, but the stage is set for him to do really well, and I think um, when you count on McDaniels, the offensive coordinators and the offensive coaching staff tailoring to Cam Newton, I think uh, there is a lot of upside there with him. The Dolphins over under six and a half, slight juice to the under. I mean, this is completely predicated. Your handicap on the Dolphins season long is completely tied to whether or not they they leave uh, Fitzmagic and go to, to Tua in the middle of the season, the rookie quarterback. Fitzmagic's a middle-level quarterback in the league, and he's super aggressive. You saw what he did with the team last year, put him on his back. Um, but he's obviously not in their future, and they're obviously building for the future with Tua. Uh, Fitzmagic's just a stopgap quarterback for them. But if he's playing all 16 games, I really want to take that over for sure. But you have to handicap what this team's going to be doing, obviously, midseason. If they're not winning or if they're not showing any signs of life, probably going to move to two, and that's going to change the whole story. And same with the, with all the skill position players. So even just from a skill position player standpoint, if you're looking to bet season-long props, I would really be careful with the Dolphins because they have a huge range of, of potential outcomes just given – the likely changing quarterback in the middle of the season. The Jets 
over under six and a half with minus 140 juice to the under. I made one of my bigger uh, season win total bets this year, betting their season win total under seven at minus 115. I just got a rogue number at the time. It was really lucky, but the market is very bearish on this team this year. And for good reason, obviously, it's because of Adam Gase. And um, he's just, I mean, he uses these, it's well documented that he loves 11 personnel. And he loves using the quarterback the same way. Doesn't like mixing it up. He's kind of stuck in his in his ways, and it's just it shows, man. Adam Gase, he could be on a short leash over there. That could get ugly. I feel bad for Sam Darnold's development, but at the same time, everyone's thinking this. The market's thinking the same way. So no value betting the under on this team. I don't think right now. If anything, to be honest with you, wouldn't be surprised if the Jets surprise some people at the start of the year. We'll just have to see. But uh, yeah. Expecting the Jets to make the playoffs or anything like that. If you're a fan, uh, maybe adjust your expectations. <laughs> Moving on to the AFC North, where the Ravens are about minus 180 favorites to win the division again. Uh, their over-under is 11.5, juice towards the under. This team was insanely efficient in yards per play with Lamar uh, Jackson rushing the ball last year, your MVP last year. Obviously, the rushing is more dependent on an offensive line than people realized. I don't think that's obvious, actually, but... Um, and I, I think pass protection is more dependent on quarterback than most people realize. And I think hey, this is a big theme of uh, football outsiders this offseason. But uh, Ryan Stanley of Baltimore was the best offensive lineman in the league last year. They have a pretty nice early schedule. And in my opinion, their season win total is properly priced right now. So for the Ravens, I'm not touching them either way at the start of the year. <laughs> the Steelers over under 9.5. I did lock in some over 9 here early in the offseason. I think it's pretty properly priced right now, slightly into the over, but not enough to make a bet. The schedule is insanely favorable, and Big Ben, he's back healthy, supposedly, and him being back brings so much more upside for this offense, as we know. Per Warren Sharp, the Steelers have the second easiest projected passing efficiency schedule in the league, and faces one of the most favorable, um, they face the most one of the most favorable schedules of overall defenses this year. I, I don't know about you guys, but I own Big Ben in a few fantasy leagues this year. So we know about the defense last year. They were very strong. This year, Derek Watt is in from the Chargers to join his brother. I think the line's about where it should be right now at this squad, but I do think they have a lot of upside this year with all those offensive weapons and with Big Ben back in the fold. The Cleveland Browns. This is our official Doggy Juice buy-on team this year. We've been on it for months now on the podcast, talked about it a few times. But over-under right now is 8.5, and and I strongly recommend a bet on the over on this team. It's one of my favorite preseason bets of the year. Simply put, and I talked about this on Sam's uh, show yesterday, so I'll share some of the same of what I shared there, but I'm going to try and keep it sweet here, or short and sweet. But their season win total was 9 last year. And that was that was too high. We were against them here on the Doggy Juice Pod. Um, thought it was early, give it a little early to hop on that team, given all the market love and the schedule was really tough. But the season win total was nine last year. They were the public darling, the most wagered on team, had a lot of books to win the whole thing. And this year they have more talent on the team, a way easier schedule, and the season win total is eight and a half. So per Warren Sharp, their schedule um, last year they played the tenth toughest schedule. This year they play the third easiest which is the largest move for, for any team um, over the offseason, year over year. For Baker Mayfield, he's facing a lot, uh, a much easier strength of, of schedule of opposing pass defenses. I think last year he had one of the toughest. This year has the, he's the easiest one. And he has the seventh 
overall easiest schedule of overall defenses. So it's all just set up perfectly for this team to outperform market expectations. They have a coaching change. Uh, that's another big thing, obviously, with, with Freddie Kitchens leaving and Stefanski coming in. And they've tailored the team to not only Stefanski's uh, preferences, bringing in heavier offensive linemen, another tight end, fullback for Baker Mayfield. It's better for Baker. Baker performs better with heavier personnel in front of him, with more pre-snap motion, with more uh, play action, and um, and, and not just quick drop-back throws like he's been the past few years. Got to give him more time in the pocket. They've addressed that, and he can really do well. He's shown. Obviously, remember how much hype there was around this guy a year ago? I mean, I think it, it was not deserved at that time, but where is it this year? Um, and also the schedule, there's no big trips. Um, there's no West Coast trip. They rarely venture far from home after week one this week against Baltimore. They take a trip to, uh, to Dallas in week four, but besides that, they don't travel more than 250 miles from Cleveland until after Thanksgiving, six home games during that stretch, and there are two away games besides the one in, uh, in Dallas. They just have to go to Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, which are driving distance. So um, after that ends, too, they get the, the Jaguars on the road. So it's not like you're going to face a tough team. And that, you know, after that stretch, when you finally do travel um, pretty far on a flight. So just so much talent on this team offensively, wide receivers, uh, running back. They have talent everywhere. They're, they have depth. They're loaded. They're loaded with the skill positions. I just think that. Uh, there's just so many, there's so many reasons to like this team to overcome, to win nine games this year, to win double-digit games. So I recommend betting them. The, the toughest or the, the best ways to get after them is over eight and a half uh, season wins, and then to make the playoffs at plus money. I think that's come down a little bit, plus 125. It's the last I saw out there. Really, anything over even money is is a good bet on them to make the playoffs. In my opinion, uh, the Cleveland Browns over Doggy Juice Bayon Team of the Year. The Cincinnati Bengals over four and a half, or over under four and a half. The over is juiced to around minus 140. Obviously, Joe Burrow comes in. I think he could surprise this year at quarterback, but it's probably going to be tough sledding early on because there's no there's no preseason action. They still have a terrible offensive line. And they were bottom three in offensive DVOA last year. Obviously, with him coming in, with Burrow coming in, it should be an upgrade. Uh, the offensive line should still be upgraded. Um, Taylor likes to use 11 personnel. A.J. Green's back. You have Boyd um, in the slot. Higgins out of the draft. So there are offensive weapons there. Joe Mixon's criminally underrated still. And last year, they played the number one toughest schedule of opposing pass defenses and number four in overall defenses. This year, they get the number 10 easiest schedule of opposing pass defenses. Or sorry, opposing defenses, number eight in pass defenses in terms of easiest. So a nice jump there. And I think it was actually the number two easiest jump in opposing defenses from 2019 to 2020 behind the Browns. So those two Ohio teams really uh, getting a nice favorable schedule uh, shift this year. So I'm not I'm indifferent on their season win total. There's too much juice on that over to play it for me. But to be honest with you, I, I think this could be a good team to target in the markets after the first few weeks of the year once uh, Joe Burrow has worked out his kinks. Moving on to the AFC South, the Colts. This one, their season win total has moved up. They're at nine and a half in most spots, although there's some with some nine, a uh, bit of juice on the, with more juice on the over, obviously. They have the easiest overall schedule in the league by a mile, according to Warren Sharp. Overall schedule, they have a strong defense. The team's healthy now, and they're well coached by Frank Reich. Obviously, 
the way this team's going to go this year is because of their new quarterback. It's going to be based off how Philip Rivers performs, and I've heard cases for both sides of him this year. Um, obviously, he did so much the past few years, or depending on your viewpoint, but you can't argue his, his stats and we, what he was able to put up. And he's had one of the worst offensive lines to work behind over all these years. Now he moves to a team with one of the best offensive lines in the entire NFL. And obviously, you think that can bode well for him with, with skill position players, some strong options around him with a great defense and in all of his experience. But when you look at last year, and those arm strength issues, does he have a noodle arm? And for all of his passing yards last year, he only had 23 touchdowns and 20 interceptions to show for it. So it's tough. You can view it two different ways, but I think the way you got to view the Colts this year is the way you view Phillip Rivers. It's that simple. The upside's there. They're expected to win the division. They're the favorites for a reason. The defense is strong, but I don't know. I'm indifferent on, on their season win total myself. <laughs> the Titans over under 8.5. Juice on the over, minus 150-ish. Such an outlier close to finish the season last year. Obviously, everyone knows their first in touchdowns per red zone trip last year at over 75%. The Ravens were second at 67%. That tells you all you need to know about their variance. Obviously, when Tannehill came in uh, down the stretch, he had that outlier finish to the year and especially passing success uh, at the end of the year. So we're going to see some regression come from that team, undoubtedly. But at the same time, as the market maybe not factoring in enough the fact that, that this team did figure out something at the end of the year. They have a great schedule. The players love their coach by all counts, which could matter more um, in a COVID year like this and with all the you know the issues going around, around in the world, rallying behind uh, Coach Vrabel. So regression's there for the off- offense, obviously, but the defense is strong, the chemistry's there, the schedule is great, and they enter the season with a lot of momentum. So I, I, I lean over on the season wins. Um, I, I still am bullish on this team. I didn't bet it, but um, that's the way I'd look, to be honest with you. The Houston Texans over under 7.5. Lots of terrible deals by the GM, O'Brien, who's taken over GM duties, and the coach. That's been the prevailing story, but it's also reflected in the number. I actually lean over here. Uh, they still have a top quarterback in, in Watson. They brought in Tunsil. Whether or not you agree with the long-term uh, deal, bringing in Tunsil for the old line, they still have him there. Um, and people forget they beat the they beat the Bills in the playoffs last year, and they were up twenty-four to nothing, and, and against the Chiefs last year in the playoffs. And the Chiefs were live. They're plus three thirty live during that game and their next playoff game. So this team won a playoff game last year, had the Chiefs, the Super Bowl, win- Super Bowl winners, down 24 to nothing. And this team hasn't really changed that much from last year when you consider all that. Obviously, there's one big change, and a guy who's worth more than a point to any given line, and that's DeAndre Hopkins, who's now with, with the Cardinals. But they brought in Brandon Cooks with his red flags, obviously, to replace Hopkins. They also have Fuller with his injury issues. But uh, they get the Jaguars twice. It's a tighter division, but they'll be in any game in their division. Um point spread wise and they get to play Jacksonville twice so you know what I'm talking myself into it right now I'm seeing seven and a half at minus 110 right now I think that's worthy of a unit so over seven and a half on the Texans at minus 110 the Jags over under four and a half this team is waving the white flag. I mean, giving up Fournette essentially did so. I can only imagine what type of message that sends to your locker room this team is just if you're looking at how to not uh, manage your Madden 
dynasties. I haven't played bad in so many years, and I know people hate it this year, but if you're looking to like do a long-term dynasty, just do the opposite of what Jacksonville has done the past few years. This team was stacked on defense, just gave up, gave up everybody. It's clear what they're trying to do. They're, they want Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Gardner Minshew is not good. He was, he was drafted in the sixth round for a reason. He's in his second year. Teams have tape on him now. Remember, he was benched last year after he was playing, so they're counting on Gardner Minshew. This team is the worst on my power ratings. Um, it's not even that close this year, to be honest with you. So, Jags, maybe they could surprise. I'm not, I'm not betting that under a four and a half. No way. I think it's it's the right price, but um, but yeah, it's going to be tough sledding. It's going to be hard to watch this team at times this year. <laughs> And moving on to our final division, the AFC South, the home of your defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs over under this year's 11.5, juice to the over. Last year, they had injury issues, and they still won the Super Bowl. They finished the season on that crazy 9-0 straight up and against the spread run. The defense improved as the season finished. They were underrated still at the end of the year. And I see more evidence of a stronger defense this year. This team's going to be another contender again. There's a reason why they're obviously the Super Bowl favorites this year with the best quarterback in the league and Patrick Mahomes. All those offensive weapons, guys are healthy this year. Is there going to be a little bit of Super Bowl hangover from winning it? Probably not. Probably not. This team's going to be right there. I think only an injury to Mahomes is the only thing that's going to keep them away from contending for the number one seed in the AFC this year. 11.5, though, juice to the over. Just not enough value. Range of outcomes and stuff. I'm not, I'm not touching that at all. Um, indifferent to it. The Chargers. Around 8, 7.5 with juice to the over if you're betting 7.5. This is still a very strong roster, but... They were number 12 in offensive DVOA last year. Now they bring in Tyrod Taylor. Uh, he can throw the deep ball, but finding you know rapport with Keenan Allen could be difficult, could take some time. Mike Williams is out. That's going to be tough for that offense. And on the defense, just recently, Derwin James injury. That really hurts that defense. And we're seeing some evidence of potential dissension in the locker room as well obviously with Melvin Gordon the issues last year with him and his holdout but uh, Russell Coombe one of the best offensive linemen in the league um, and head of the players union he decided to retire so I mean is that really does that bode well for this team moving forward I I don't think so but can't help but think that Tyrod Taylor's being maybe underappreciated by the market but uh, I'm indifferent on this price if anything I lean towards the under on this team the Denver Broncos over under seven and a half there's concern here just because they're so young and inexperienced. They've had little, they haven't had much time to prepare, obviously, with COVID and everything. And that could especially hurt this team. I was talking at the, at the top of the podcast how this could really hurt some other offenses, especially. I think this is one of them. Uh, Drew Locke, I mean, your viewpoint on this team in terms of season win and in futures perspective is is completely tied to Drew Locke. This team is clearly, uh, they're, they're all in on Drew Locke. All eyes are going to be on, on Drew Locke this year. They were putting all their eggs in the Drew Lock basket, uh, but they did bring in Melvin Gordon for the uh, to uh, to help shore up that that running back uh, core there. And we saw the emergence, obviously, last year of Cortland Sutton as a great number one receiving option. So, I mean, the pieces are there. I think that um, the Von Miller injury, obviously, that hurts. Uh, you saw that reflected in the market's reaction with the line move this week, moving like, like two full points when the Von Miller injury news. So. Uh, seven and a half seems about right with this team. I, I'm, I have no lean either way, to be honest with you. And finally, the Las Vegas Raiders. 
moving to Vegas this year. Over-under wins is seven and a half games. The biggest thing that jumps out with this team is the early schedule. It's the toughest early schedule you could possibly imagine. Like, I mean, actually the toughest. Besides week one, uh, traveling to Jacksonville, that's just tough sledding. Just look at those first eight weeks of the season. I mean, it's going to be tough to imagine them getting three wins out of that, but it does get easier in the second half. So it'll be interesting to see this team after, you know, halfway through the schedule, how they react to the early schedule if it is tough on them and if things do go south, if they overreact. But it does get easier moving on, but it's tough to get behind this offense, especially with Tyrell Williams out. It's all young guys at receiver and just trusting this offense to perform. Obviously, they're not putting much faith in, in Derek Carr. Uh, they brought in Marcus Mariota in the offseason to, to back him up. So, But the main thing, too, and I, the, the angle I wanted to play was the move to Las Vegas and all the distractions um, with doing so. But I think that's going to be less magnified, obviously, right now in the age of COVID. But still, distractions with moving, uh, acclimating yourself to new surroundings and everything, uh, that's not going to help, especially with that travel schedule the first half of the year. So my lean is to under 7.5 wins with this team. Uh, I, I might, you know, if the line moves a little bit, I could still get there, maybe. But um, that's just the way I'm leaning. No actual bet uh, on the Raiders preseason. All right, that took a while. <laughs> Sorry about that, but uh, let's finish it up uh, with best bets. Best bets time to close out the podcast. The Browns plus eight and a half against the Ravens. It's one of my favorite bets this week. Some spots are at eight, but if you shop around, you could find the hook there, plus eight and a half. It's just a numbers play for me. I I do think the Ravens are still the best team in the AFC this year, besides the the Chiefs, obviously. But I think the Browns are are, are making their move, and this could be their time to to make some noise early on in the season. People forget they beat the Ravens last year in Baltimore, the Browns did. Uh, they played him twice. They have the playbook on how to on how to beat Lamar Jackson. They've had the whole offseason to prep for this one in that run game. So I think the Browns can go out and surprise people, even sprinkle some money line. Anything over plus 300 is a total go. Uh, sprinkle that money line, Browns, as well. The Rams plus three. DraftKings is still at minus 110 flat last time I looked. If you can't find it, there's, there's a chance the public money does push it back before Sunday night football, but my plan, if I were you, if you if you're late to the party on the plus threes, I would lock I'd lock up a fraction with a slightly increased VIG right now if you have to at minus one fifteen. Just make sure you catch the full three points. And uh, you know, if this line should be closer to a pick'em, I think, you know, by kickoff, but um or, or sorry, my stuff. Sorry, not by kick so the the public could push this thing to three and a half for all I know before Sunday night on the Cowboys. But according to my stuff, the Cowboys should just be a slight favorite here. So catching three points with the Rams is nice value and sprinkle some money line there as well. And to be honest with you, all of the home dogs, not all of them, but at three and a half are, are appealing to me this week. The, I think you're going to be profitable this weekend if you play all of those plus threes. But shop around, uh, and I'll name those in a second, because you can find the hook on some of those and sprinkle a little bit of money line on all these. But the Panthers plus three and a half, the Bengals, all that's more uh, three flat right now. Uh, and obviously the aforementioned Rams, but um, I think you can make money betting all three of those um, at, at plus three or better. Uh, just small positions, obviously. Um, I do have the Cardinals at plus seven, but that's no longer widely available in the market, so I can't really give that one out right now. Plenty of advantage teaser options this week. The Ravens, uh, they do fit the Stanford Wong model, but you already know my thoughts on that one, so I'm not including the Ravens, teasing them down through the key numbers of seven and three. But there are teams you could do it with. The Colts 
teased them through the 7-3, down from 8-2 to two against the Jaguars. The Packers, pretty good option, I think, up to plus 8.5 from plus 2.5 against the Vikings on the road. The Falcons, uh, plus up to plus 8.5 hosting Seattle, and the Broncos up to plus 8.5 hosting the Titans. From a pure math standpoint, the Broncos is maybe the best option because of the low total, but historically, that altitude in Denver leads to some tired legs early in the season on defense. So I'm mainly keying in the Colts to minus two, the Falcons to plus eight and a half, and the Broncos to plus eight and a half on my teasers this week. And my official teaser of the week, we'll call it the Colts to minus two and the Falcons to plus eight and a half. I could still find a place where you can lay minus 110 on a six-team teaser. You shouldn't be laying anything more than minus 120 on those. The value is sucked away after you get above there. But really, you should be trying to lay as close to minus 110 as you can on those. Um, in terms of the totals, I'm treading very carefully on those this week. I'm looking to live bet those for sure. And then in terms of Thursday night football tonight, if you do listen to this before the game starts, according to ESPN's David Purdom, at points bet, 84, 84% of spread tickets and 82% of spread money is on the Chiefs. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice podcast. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. Check out Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News for your latest sports betting news and analysis. Good luck with your action this weekend, guys. I don't know about you, but I am pumped. It's time, baby. Talk to you all next week. Doggy Juice out.